Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. James threw the ball well today, and uh, he's ready to go. So, look forward to the trip. Uh, one thing that that he shared with me is, you know, if you are in top ten in sacks and, and interceptions, uh, you're gonna win a lot of games. Uh, so we we talk about that, and uh, I think that's something that I, I definitely uh, applied it to uh, not taking sacks, but uh, I got to continue to work on it on, on the interceptions, and I will. <laughs> Welcome to the Real Bucks Talk podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Be sure to follow us at Real Bucks Talk on all social media platforms. Be sure to check out our email, realbuckstalk at gmail.com. Also, Facebook group at Real Bucks Talk. I'm your host, Michael Plus. Join as always, my co host, Mark Ramirez. And, Mark, we got another game up this week against the Detroit Lions. They've been uh, struggling as of late, they've lost six in a row. Uh, this is a game where you, as a Bucks fans in, in the past, you would be like, oh, shit, you know, we're going to probably play not too well and probably find a way to lose it or or just, you know, play down to the competition. It'll be a closer game than what most would expect. Um, but, you know, I'm feeling with the, the coaching staff and this recent winning streak and how they're kind of locked in, it seems like, you know, they might, you know, play it a different style and just play all business and really get after it and uh, kind of have a similar game like they did against Jacksonville or Atlanta. I I want to say I will agree. It's just will we see the Giants game all over again. Yeah, yeah they they may come out early and score and then just totally shit the bed second half. Right. Will we see like the Colts game? They, they themselves said, oh, we thought we're better in the team, but we lost. Same thing with the Titans. They keep thinking that they're better in other teams. Right. And then they – shoot themselves in the foot or just are in, I don't know where the hell they're thinking. And then the, someone has to make a miraculous play for them to win a game. You hope that doesn't have to happen, mm-hmm. especially with how, like I put it before the podcast, how depleted they are. I mean, they're starting left guard, starting right tackle on the offensive line or gone. They're on their third string quarterback. Right. Yeah. Well, their, let's uh, talk about that for a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's start with their offense then. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to break down. We got just break down the injury report itself. So yeah, I mean, you have some key injuries on both sides uh, for both teams. Um, obviously, for the Bucks, they'll be you know without Mike Evans, um, Anthony Nelson. Uh, I believe Bo Allen's also out, and then you also have maybe 
maybe Donovan Smith out as well. So he's a game-time decision. So some key injuries there for the Bucs. Um, and then for the Detroit Lions, yeah, they're without two starting offensive linemen, without two key starters on defense, like you said, down to their third-string quarterback and David Blah, or is it Blow? Blau. Blau. <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to mess that up anyway. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean – it, it's a game where, again, we've said it like the last, it seems like the last month it's been, you know, the Bucks have the advantage as far as matchups go. And this is another game where I think, you know, it plays right into our strengths. And I think, again, we have the overall edge um, going into it. And, um, yeah, but let's let's get into the preview. Uh, we'll start with their offense. I mean, offensively, they're going to be very similar to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, you know, try to establish the run try to use play action passing with, you know, downfield vertical passing game to Kenny uh, Galladay. So, I mean, he's their big play playmaker, and they just lost Marvin Jones, who's out for the year. So don't really have much options. Bo Scarborough is a good, you know, decent running back, big, powerful guy. But, again, that's something we've seen uh, the last couple of weeks and something that I think we'll be able to stop. And we should be able to get pressure up front. So I really like our matchup against them offensively. Yeah. So you said it. It's, this is all. This should be. This should be a fourth win in a row. Right. You're on your third string quarterback, Blau. They they're truly like running things to one side. They're not making it difficult at all to for him. Yeah. It came in a very simple. Yeah, one so to two reads. Things like that. Considering their mangled offensive line, mm-hmm. third string quarterback. Send pressure, cover his first look, right? Make him get to the second if he can get to the second, because our line should be able to eat against them. Mm-hmm. And then Bo Scarborough, like you just said, a bigger running back. We know how to shut down bigger guys. They just they don't have enough shiftiness to make moves against us, and they're mm-hmm. not going to run over us. Right. So it fits again to our strengths. We can stop the run. They're not going to be able to do a very aggressive play action, even though they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it's Galladay. Just make sure to cover him. Or there's always some little scat, like probably Amendola will probably maybe have a good day. Mm-hmm. There's always one little guy that we kind of give up, mm-hmm. like Westbrook with the Jaguars. Yeah. But other than that, seal the sh- door shut on them on offense and just keep pushing the, the ball down the field on their defense. But mm-hmm. offensively, yeah, I, they don't scare me at all. They yeah, shouldn't. They shouldn't. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Again, I think defensively, I would just stay aggressive, try to kind of collapse them, collapse the pocket, keep David uh, Blau inside, you know, inside the numbers, and don't let him get outside of the pocket. And, and like Mark said, force him to go to his second read because it seems like on tape he just he tends to hold the ball if the first if the first read's not there, leading to sacks or he runs into sacks. I believe Minnesota had five sacks last yeah. week. Um, you know, Daniel, Daniel Hunter had three on his own. So, um, that guy's unbelievable, but you know, offensively it, it should be pretty simple game plan. I don't think you have to overstress anything again. It's, they have limited options. Uh, they don't have much up front working for them and a quarterback that is just not, you know, not up to par for, for league standards. I mean, yeah, he can make some plays and he has, um, but again, you should be able to consistently shut him down and, and keep him in check. Just don't allow the big plays, and you know, um, should be all right. Keep it in front of you, and that it, it is funny. He did run into some sacks. It, yeah. It's like 
they literally eliminated one side of the field and he was just looking at one side mm-hmm. and he would just run towards that side. Right. I mean, Daniel Hunter was gifted a sack and it's just because he was like, Oh, well my guy's not open yet, but maybe if I give him some more time, right. it'll make it. But it, it's, it's a game we should win, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with a defense that is getting better every game. It seems right. This should be another game, a staple game where they're like, okay, well let's really enforce our will. Mm-hmm. Let's see if that happens. Yeah, I mean, the the big key is just the the mindset and the focus. Hopefully, the focus is there, yeah. and they understand like this is business, and we need to take care of it. Um, but yeah, let's continue the preview of the Lions and and how they match up. You know, looking at their defense now, you know, against our offense again, it's another favorable matchup. Now, again, the big question mark is what the Bucks are going to do as far as the left tackle position with possibly Donovan Smith being out. They do get back Alex Kappa, which is nice. They'll also have Scotty Miller um, back in the receiving rotation, so that that is good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they should be able to attack. I would, I would say continue to run the football, try to establish the run if you can, um, get those attempts up over 20, and, and just keep it balanced with Jameis and don't let him – don't force him to try to do too much like we've seen in the past and, and keep him in rhythm, and we should be okay. Again, now they're going to try to take away Godwin, obviously, because he's the number one uh, threat right now, so he'll probably be shadowed by Darius Slay, who's still a good corner. But again, they, they have some injuries up front. They're without Sean Robinson, and they're without um, is it Gerard? Yeah, Gerard Davis. Yeah. So those are two key pieces up the middle. And now they're putting in a, a smaller but still effective Mike Daniels. But you should be able to run the football, especially with Alex Kappa back and Marpet in there with Jensen. Um, you just got to hope whoever's at left tackle can be, you know, sturdy enough and decent and, and not, you know, give up bad plays consistently. Wait, so that was an area, I mean, Snacks. Everyone knows Snacks. Mm-hmm. Damon Harrison. Yeah. The big boy. He was. Did they trade for him from the Giants? I think they just... Oh, you know what? Him. You know what? I think it was a trade. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that dude just big, takes up space. He makes mm. the job similar to Veya, but Veya's on another level. Right. Dude just it plugs holes. He's a run stopper, but he's one guy. Mm. So, it's it's a team working together. The defense in, in itself is very diverse. There's I saw a play where I was mentioning to Pless before the podcast. They had, like, five on the line, mm. and three guys dropped back. And there's a left tackle, left guard, and center, they're looking around like, who the hell do I block? So they move over to like two guys on the right, and there's a corner blitzing wide open. They didn't even see him. So it's like cool things like that where it's different. It's not like the traditional 4-3, 3-4. It's a whole bunch of guys just running at you, and they're mm-hmm. prepared for it. It's more thinking. Yeah, The offense has to think, or offensive line has to think. So if you're causing disruption in that way, especially if you don't have the the – personnel to run it all they have right now to be scared of is trey flowers on the on the defensive line Mm -hmm. snacks who doesn't give any pressure it's just mainly run stopping and then like you said jared davis is out their middle linebacker is a rookie Mm -hmm. and besides darius slay the and tracy walker i looked he's their safety he's aggressive especially in run defense there's not much that scares you right especially with the amount of weapons we can push O.J. Howard, get him against this rookie. Um, Godwin, okay, if he's doubled, fine, Perriman or Watson. Mm-hmm. There's just so many outlets we can go. And then, as you said, it's all predicated on if Dovin Smith plays, because that's a big hole if it is Wells out there. Right, yeah. 
I mean, I everyone says, oh, max protect. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't max protect. I would just keep doing play action, try and run the ball, mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah, help out, chip. Yeah, spread them out if you they've, can. They've had to do it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you talked about, you know, how they run different multiple schemes. Again, this is a Patriots-style type of defense, so it's a lot of – zone pressures a lot of zone blitzes fire blitzes basically what that is is guys dropping back and then guys coming in to take their place so those are things you got to watch for um, and that's something that Jameis does struggle with um, he struggled with it last week in Indianapolis so we have to be smart with the football and understand where those pressures are coming from and then you got to attack them you got to attack those voids that will be available so you know, just hopefully they have a good, smart, balanced game plan where it's, you know, you want to stay committed to the run. I want to see Rojo continue to get the football. Use the running backs and the tight ends in the passing game on short routes, and you should be able to to move the ball effectively. Obviously, you know, Godwin, he's going to win. I mean, he's going to win his matchup because he's just such a great route runner. So he's going to be open. I'm not worried about that. Perriman, hopefully it continues to do well and have success. And then, you know, maybe later in the game, you'll have a chance to get Scotty Miller down the field, you know, something along those lines. But uh, really, it just starts with protecting the football. As long as they play smart and, and don't try to overdo it, you know, we should be able to put up points and, and should be able to find ways to, to get a good uh, scoring amount this week. You hope. But <laughs> to that point, mm-hmm. you all you also got to look. They haven't given up many points. Right. All right? close games. Yeah. And the really the only – game they really got blown out was last week mm-hmm. and that was the vikings it was 20 to 7 yeah and that only was, a that 13 was a point yeah only 13 point deficit other than that they've had competitive games against really good def- people i mean they lost by one point to the, the mm-hmm. packers they lost by four to the, the the kansas city chiefs right i mean they tied the arizona i don't know how the hell that happened <laughs> but like just some of these games 2024 to chicago on thanksgiving day mm-hmm. 24 31 to Oakland. It's and but the thing is they're on a six game losing streak. Right, right. So I mean, are the wheels coming off? Yeah. Obviously by all these injuries and everything, and then their first blowout. Do they think, Oh yeah, Tampa's not that gonna be that hard? Maybe mm. they are thinking that way. Right. Could be. But that's what you gotta again, hope. Mm-hmm. And then just Winston getting better with the pre snap breeds, like I put in the intro, he's like, I'm gonna get better with it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see it. This is a game where you shouldn't have this many Brain farts. Right, right. It should be a clean game. Because they, they should be thinking a lot more than you are. Right. But let's yeah. let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but, yeah, that's our little preview there. Uh, offense, defense. Again, it should be – I think it favors the Bucks. It, really, it's just going to come down to what kind of mindset they come in with. Um, but with that, I think we're going to go over to the questions. I believe we got an email um, from our good friend, Chef Aaron. Yeah, Chef Aaron's on the email list. <laughs> but yeah, so like Mike said, we're always going to hit emails first. So if you guys have any questions, realbuckstalk at gmail.com. Always shoot them there. And whenever we see it, you'll be the first one on the podcast. So this is a little long, Chef. <laughs> so I'm going to shorten it a little bit. This is the Sparknotes version of your question. It's more statements mixed in. So... He's saying after watching the Ravens and soon to be MVP Lamar Jackson, he he's thinking that people are focused too much on the franchise quarterback and not enough focus on building a team as a whole to compete. And this is something we talk about a lot in the Facebook group to plug that again. 
And I think this is actually Aaron actually learning from this group, not just from us or it's everyone as a whole coming to the conclusion. You can't be paying one guy at the liberty of the whole team because mm-hmm. you're like you're going to put the money in the franchise quarterback. You're ruining the rest of the team, kind of. Right, thing. especially a quarterback that's yeah. just been so inconsistent. You just don't can't really trust it right now. Oh, he's not poke fingers yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he goes on saying, the thing that has been lost in the discussion is the QB is the only one guy in a 53-man roster. Some make it sound like it's a QB or bust in some situations. Very true. Um, he said, this sport is the ultimate team game, and in the end, and at no one, not one position cancels out the others. This is why I bring up the Ravens. You look at how fundamentally sound the team is from the offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. It's entertaining and mesmerizing to watch. Very true. I mean, they're just blowing people out. The Ravens are a first-class organization that have built the team the right way. This is the blueprint for success. Instead of looking for that quick fix at QB, which a majority of the time never happens. Um, he says, this brings us to our team. James Winston had his fault and will not deny that. He also had brilliant moments such as last Sunday. This team, however, has failed to get him the much-needed support on offense, meaning the ground game, defense, looking better, though, and special teams. Gay is beautiful. <laughs> Next season will be James Winston's ultimate test to see what he can do in the BA system for a second straight year and hopefully with most of the needs of this team finally addressed come free agency in the draft. So that was a lot, but go ahead. Yeah, no, it's it's great points and you know, we've talked about this numerous times. It's it's about building a roster. It's about, you know, establishing key positions but making sure you have competence at every single position. And it is tough to do again, um, and he's right about teams getting into that mindset of finding that one guy, that one, you know, Aaron Rodgers or, um, you know, Tom Brady or, or what have you. But it, it's just – it's not always possible. It doesn't always work out that way. So it's important to to build up the team, whether that be offensive line, defensive line, your key positions, you know, secondary, um, wide receiver, running back, making sure you have guys there. They don't all have to be studs, um, but they have to be able to be competent and be able to play solid fundamental football. And, and that's what Baltimore has done. You look at what they've built. I mean, they've built the offensive line. They have two great tackles yeah. in uh, Orlando Brown and Ronnie Stanley. They have the inside with Marshall Yonda. So they, they know what they can do, and they build uh, effective ground game. They brought in Mark Ingram, who has been a stud, um, plus with their other, other running backs. And then you have the running capabilities of Lamar Jackson, who can make big plays. He's already over 1,000 yards, broke Michael Vick's record for rushing yards in a season. So, and then you look at the receivers, they don't really have great outstanding receivers, but they have guys that, that fit the scheme and fit what they want to do best on the football field and how they want to attack and, and be consistent. Same thing defensively. They have guys that aren't really not like stud names, but they know how to get after the quarterback and they know how to make uh, turnovers happen. So that's what he means by building a team. And, and that's something that, you know, the Bucks need to start doing going forward. I think they've done better this last offseason as far as kind of addressing key positions. Obviously, they went a little overkill with the secondary, mm-hmm. but it was it was somewhat necessary, you know, to really get the talent in that group. And 
you know, you like to see them going forward now start addressing the offensive line, defensive line, et cetera, and really build a team that is designed to win football games. Yeah, so pretty much what I got out of that is, yeah, it's building a team. And the thing is, we need to get out of the fashion of thinking we need to have a superior player at every position. Right, That's or, not especially the quarterback position, and you don't have to have that. I mean, and if you do have that, then great. You have to, yeah, then great. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. have the, the Drew Brees, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson's, then you're lucky mm-hmm. you found that. So you, you build and try and keep everything around him good. Right. Not just say, oh, let's just build wide receivers for him. Mm-hmm. We just need a whole lot, a lot of wide receivers. Then all your defense is going to be to shit. Mm-hmm. It's building everything that's serviceable. To win games, not just to look awesome one side of the field and look like crap on the other. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, like you said, the ultimate team game is what we try and portray to everyone in here, too. I mean, it's both sides. And if you can score a lot of points, but you give up a lot of points, those turnovers will hurt a lot more. Right. So you need to build a team. And then that's pretty much all what the Bucks need to be doing. That's what any team needs to be doing. But, I mean, you likely will see Jameis back. And it's what will we do to help with his turnovers that he's turnovers that he's gonna have. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. It's right. proven. But that's that's the Bucks building a team in a nutshell. Let's move on to more questions. This is the Facebook group. Posted that out there. So this is Raymond. Always jack up his last name. Van Deheen. <laughs> uh, he says, "I know it's the NFL on any given Sunday is a thing, but the Bucks should wax the Lions' ass." <laughs> If you want to be a winning team with a winning culture, you beat the teams you should beat. Third string QB, backup, running back, missing a top wide receiver, our defense should feast, period. Go Bucks. 100% agree. We, we've kind of cemented that in, mm-hmm. the, in the podcast as well. And then he said, of course, a lot of this is predicated on Smith. Again, smart man. If he sits for the first time ever, they will absolutely have to help out which, whichever stiff they roll out there. Max protect <laughs> and a lot of running calls. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it will get Winston killed <laughs> in what will be seen as a meaningless game. It's not mean- meaningless, but that will be the perception. Go Bucks! Yeah, those are great points, and I agree with them. Again, this is another matchup that we should be able to take advantage of and should be able to win, I would say, fairly easily. I mean, as long as we do what we're supposed to do and play smart, attack the mismatches that are available, should be good. I mean... This should be another good win like it was against Atlanta and Jacksonville. And uh, we should be able to stay in control for most of the game, I would say, as long as we you know, don't have those early turnovers that we seem to have. Hopefully we can stay away from that and you know, build a lead. And I think it's very possible. I think defensively, the way their trajectory is going up and the way the defensive line has been playing, especially, I mean, I know they're going to be without Bo Allen and, and Anthony Nelson, which hurts, but still you have you have good depth right there and should be able to attack, especially with your middle linebackers and, and David and, and Devin White, should be able to make some plays in the backfield. Looking at it, the only way you lose is if you truly do turn over the ball that many times and it's in on your side of the field right? and you're just giving away easy points. Yeah, that and, you know, if we do allow the big plays to Kenny Galladay, we don't get pressure on the quarterback, you know, maybe they find a way to, to pass block it. If we if we don't get – Then we deserve to lose. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if we don't come in with the right mindset, they, they definitely can beat us. And, 
again, it's a team that plays close games, so we just you got to be smart. Yeah, I would rather have a slow game mm-hmm. of just us slowly taking the taking lead, right? Always being in the lead, and just an ugly slow game mm-hmm. instead of fireworks, right? Just show you can win games and you you can totally control a game. Because mm-hmm. this this should be one. Uh, this is actually a good question. This is from Brent. I can't pronounce last name. Iritu. This is the first question he's ever put in here. So this is on the Facebook group again. He says, thoughts on Winston long-term as a buck. And this is his thought on it. I think he is a capable He is capable of leading us to a 10-6, 11-5, or even a 12-4 season year after year. But he will never lead us to, a, to win a Super Bowl because of how the NFL playoffs work. The playoffs are a single elimination. They require three or four straight wins against very good teams to win it all. Since bad Jameis shows up once every three or four games, that's a problem. What this team needs most short-term is a culture shift towards a winning mindset. Winston is and will continue to be a centerpiece of that. But if the Glazers' long-term goal is to win another Super Bowl, they will need a different quarterback to take over, maybe once Winston's career starts to wind down. That's yeah. a lot of good points, but I'll let you take it first. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's very interesting. It's well said. Um, you know, looking at it, I mean, he, he is right. I mean, that's, that's kind of the risk you take with Jameis. I mean, it's just the consistency and finding – finding ways to, to help him be more consistent, you know, from a, a from a longer standpoint as far as stretch of games. Um, this is going into game four, um, you know, and he has played well over the last three weeks and we've won. So now it's like, can he, can he do it again for the fourth time? Kind of had a setback last week with the three interceptions. You don't want to see that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he is right, especially when you get into the playoffs. I, I, I agree with him as far as the winning seasons, but – once you get into the playoffs, it's a whole different animal. And now, granted, we haven't seen Jameis in the playoffs, so we don't really know. Um, but yeah, you got teams that really game plan and understand how to take strengths away. And you know, it could be difficult for Jameis, especially if you win maybe one or two. But like you said, when is that bad game going to come? You just you just don't know. So, I see both points here. I mm. see where Jameis. He is a winner. I mean, he just wants to win. You can see it, effort. Right. Just his will to win. He just has it. He shoots himself in the foot. But with that said, if our team does improve around him, not just offensively, but defensively. Right. It should help. He doesn't have to be his Superman self and force the ball. Yeah. Because he's always trying to make a play because he thinks he's always from behind. Mm -hmm. Maybe that helps. Right. And also – like usually later in the season, he gets better. He's That's always true. gotten better. That's true. So what happens in a playoff setting, I, we don't know because we haven't seen him in it. Mm-hmm. But I, I can see the good, and also I can see the bad. I mean, maybe he, this is just who he is, and he, he's. I mean, I honestly think he's just turnover prone. He's just he's going to have a turnover. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fumbles have slowly gone away. I don't think I've seen him fumble in a while right. since like London. Well, he, he had a fumble against Jacksonville, but again, oh yeah, yeah but yeah. but it, there weren't like it hasn't been as frequent. Yeah, yeah. So the interceptions are still there. Yes, he's mm-hmm. got to work on them. He mentioned it. Right. It, it's just so up in the air, and mm-hmm. every every Buck fan either hates him or just wants to give him more opportunities. And but that line's ending mm-hmm. in three weeks. Right. 
So it's what the decision is going to be made shortly. Do what? What is my long term view on him? I can't honestly give you one. <laughs> I want to see what yeah. one more year would be. Because mm-hmm. I, I think no matter what, you have to franchise tag him because there's nothing else in the cupboard. So yeah. unless you draft one, and I'm not throwing a, a fresh meat quarterback <laughs> out there, just okay. Well, we we went through one losing season, or we could. I I just wouldn't yeah. do that. I'd franchise him either way. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I don't I don't see the Bucks moving on from him at this at this juncture, uh, especially with Bruce Arians. I think Bruce really, he's just very. I think he's loyal to Jameis, and I think he really wants to see him succeed. And you know, we all do. We as Bucks fans, we want to win. That's the main thing. Um, of course, Jameis is the most polarized figure in Bucks history. I mean. It's so up and down as far as his support, you know, the, from the haters to the, the unanimous, unanimous supporters that he has. So going forward, I think if we get a, a really good offseason and things go right, where we make the right moves, we get the offensive line, defensive line, et cetera, set, you have your core set on defense, I think you could have a really good chance of winning more games, obviously, and I think Jameis would play better if he knows that he can trust his defense from the get-go. Maybe that changes things, and and maybe um, he just needed more time in this offense where he can get more rhythm, and it it would come together. As we've seen over the last couple weeks, it's kind of picked up a little bit. So I want to end it on this of, like, Jameis. Mm -hmm. Don't don't look at... Twitterverse, because Twitterverse of Bucks and Jameis is insane. Oh, yeah. So- just wherever your daily work is, ask whoever comes in. You don't know, just personal, if they, they're a Buck fan, like, oh, what do you think of Jameis? Mm-hmm. You'll hear so many different answers. Mm-hmm. Like, just today, I obviously, I talk Bucks to almost everyone. Mm-hmm. One person, like, I mean, you almost got to bring him back, right? right? He does this stuff of... You yeah. just you can't teach. He just throws the damn ball over the place, and yeah. and then at the, one point, right? And, and then, then the O line looks yeah. like crap at times. And then we're just getting better in defense. But imagine if we had this earlier. Right. So you have that guy. Next hour, I ask this next different guy. Mm-hmm. He sucks. I've, I've hated him since they drafted him. <laughs> He's just a, a ugly, dirty human being. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Well, give me a little bit more. Just because he's a, a piece of crap to you. He's like. Just, I don't know, he just intercept this and just turn over to, I'm like, I guess I can't even talk to you. (laughs) So, I mean, it's so, there's no middleman. you have, yeah, I mean, you have, you have the people who have seen what he's done in his past, you know, off the field. And that takes a big effect. And I understand that, you know, because, you know, there is those allegations and, and all that stuff that went down. And, you know, I understand it from where they're coming from. I mean... You know, they just view him as a bad person. Um, and then, you know, you look at the football field side of it, you know, the turnovers, et cetera, losing games, not really having a, a winning season or making it to the playoffs during his time so far. But then you look at, you know, what he's been surrounded by, bad defense, no la- no bad support. Coaching. Yeah, bad coaching, no support running game-wise. Um, so there's like, there's four and then there's four against him, you know, as far as bringing him back and – Right now, I'm kind of leaning towards bringing them back for one more year, see what they can do as far as adding more to the team. Like you said, build that offensive line, build the running game, see what happens going forward with them. 
and then maybe you do a, a, a long-term extension if he does have a good year, something like that. It's it's kind of how it is, but it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a wild off season again. They could go either way with this, um, but I think they're gonna make sure that they either have Jameis back or they have something better than Jameis available. And I would say Jameis is likely gonna be back because I don't see anything better becoming available. Especially with the money you have to pay a quarterback if you're right willing to find a veteran. Either way, yeah, it's gonna be the good. same amount. Or close to it. Yeah. And then I'm not throwing a rookie out there. Right. I would. I don't think Bruce Aarons is going to do that either. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jameis yeah. talk will continue. Definitely will. It's going to be a heated <laughs> yeah. offseason regardless. But It's going to be wild. I mean, any other points no, you no. Do you want to mention? No, uh, no. we have any other questions? No more questions. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, again, I'll just I'll wrap everything up. Yeah. Um, again, I think this is going to be another – Game that the Bucks should win. Uh, it should be an enjoyable game, and we we should play well. Again, as long as they have that right mindset. Again, this still is a young team. Uh, they kind of came flat uh, last week against the Colts, so hopefully that doesn't happen this week. It seems like they've had better practices, so hopefully that helps uh, going into Detroit. And it, it should be a good weekend. It should be a, a good game, and the Bucks should get their fourth victory in a row and back to five hundred seven and seven. Jeez, can't wait. <laughs> oh, let's, let's hope, right? Yep. But with that being said, everyone have a, a great weekend and go Bucks.